Well, hello. Welcome to the Kapow Radio Show. And this is why this verse is awesome. I'm your host, Paul Kapow. And I like to break down these awesome scriptures and to let you know why they're so awesome and how they apply to your life. A very practical application of what it means to you as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ and a God fearer. So today I want to talk about fear also. Now for the last two sessions, I've been talking about fear, how we shouldn't worry. I started off in Luke where Christ says, fear not. Uh, then I talked about in John where Christ says, don't let your heart be troubled or agitated. The fear that I'm talking about is the fear that the world gives you. You're afraid of everything. The world makes you afraid and anxious because you're worried about not having enough or having more than what you have or whatever. And in these last couple of episodes, I talked about how to crush that fear, how to deal with that anxiety. And that's by trusting in Yahweh, Father God, and the Messiah. And when you put your trust in God, that alleviates the fear. So we have to realize the deity that we're serving. A lot of times I speak of, of Yahweh or God as, you know, the creator God, the almighty God, the God that revealed himself to ancient Israel in these texts that go back thousands of years a lot of times in my speech, I'll refer to him as the, the deity, the ultimate deity, uh, because in my little Western mind, it's easier for me to get my head around what exactly am I uh, worshiping? And when I say worship, I mean rever reverencing. Uh, the, the King James Version calls it fear, the fear of God. And it's a different fear than what we're we're talking about previously about, you know, you're not afraid of a snake or just or anxious or or troubled heart. It doesn't say have a troubled heart before God. The fear of God is not that. Now, we lose that in the English language. The fear of, of God, um, it it's, comes from the Hebrew word yare, and it means uh, fearing. It's like a moral, reverent, afraid fear it's a fearful, it's a reverent, it's a reverentness. The only way I can try to explain this, the, the way I get it through my head, and we, you know, none of us were raised under um, a kingship, really, where you had like one king, and like in, the, in the, the ancient times, you had a king, you had one ruler, and he was the king. Um, and so you would, if you were a, a subject under that, that kingdom, that, that, that uh, monarchy, you had a fear for that king. Okay, you respected that king because you thought, you know, if you know, you you start talking smack about that king, and um, talking about how you're going to overthrow his kingdom and everything, you're going to find yourself, you know, um, at the gallows, right? You're going to find yourself being visited by the king's men. You're, you're dealing with a sovereign ruler, somebody who has total control. I'm not talking about a dictator or a tyrant. I'm not talking about that. 
I'm talking about a sovereign, um, which we haven't seen in our modern days. So it's really kind of hard for us to relate to. But someone like, I want to say Nebuchadnezzar in Babylon. Uh, he's a sovereign who God, now even these sovereigns, <laughs> you know, I'm just trying to make a point here, but even these sovereigns are only sovereigns because God has allowed them to be. God's given the power and the ability to do that. Nebuchadnezzar is a prime example of that. So here's, here's Nebuchadnezzar who God gave the kingdom to, and he ruled over everything. It says even, you know, the animals, the birds, <laughs> and I know it's, it's crazy, but I mean, they don't make them like that no more. You know, they're, we don't have rulers like that no more. And if you lived under Babylon, the, the, the kingdom there, you, you, there was there was fear, at that, that respect from that king. You didn't just barge into the, you know, the palace and, uh, you know, seek, you know, your... You know, your your commands from them. I mean, there was, you know, you you feared the king. I hope you get my point here. And, uh, you know, like I said, Nebuchadnezzar was a prime example of that. And when he refused to acknowledge his greatness that God gave, gave him, the, the, his ability to conquer all the earth and his ability to rule the whole earth, when he wouldn't acknowledge God as that source uh, for seven years, he went crazy. And lived like a wild animal in the field until he lifted up his eyes and he saw his sovereign. And then uh, fortunately, he, uh, he, he had repented of that and had the fear of his sovereign and he was restored. So even a sovereign that we don't have anymore today like that, they fear or they should fear their sovereign, which is the ultimate God. There's no other sovereign above the almighty God, the creator God. So I hope I didn't beat, you know, beat you up too bad with that and going, okay, shut up, move on. We get it. But that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a sovereign God who has the power to destroy your body and your soul. Men on earth have the power to destroy your body. They can kill you very easily, but they cannot, they cannot touch your soul. You're in mortal eternal soul they cannot touch only god can do that so just having that knowledge alone should put some fear into all of us and when i say fear i mean that respect that wow there is a sovereign that can destroy my eternal soul we're talking not just the, the few little years we have on this earth but eternity so that's what i'm talking about so when the opposite side of fear in this session I want to talk about yare or respect. I want to talk about that 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 moral reverence that you would have towards a a deity. The Old Testament uh, he revealed his name, and we pronounce it Yahweh. He was their Elohim. He was their God, their Elohim. So he is our deity. He is the one we respect and worship. And the opposite of fear, you know, when when I was talking about the fear of the world. And the fear that uh, the system places on all of us and the anxiety and the troubled heart that we have. The opposite of fear is not peace. A lot of people think, well, if I have peace, I'm not afraid. And that's not true. The opposite of fear is trust or what we would call faith, faith into something that something has to be your deity, right? That is the remedy for a troubled heart. It's not peace. It's trust 
it's trust. So when you fear God, you say, I trust God. He's my sovereign and I trust him. I reverence, I, I am totally submitted to my sovereign. The greatest commandment, when Jesus was asked, what is the greatest commandment? He says, well, the greatest commandment is to love your heart, just love your God, your Yahweh, your deity, your Elohim, with all your heart, with all your strength, with all your soul, with all your mind. And the second one is like it, blah, blah, blah. But he said the, the, the greatest commandment is, is to love your God, to agape your love. Well, how do you love if you don't have extreme respect and trust, right? You, that love comes out of that respect and trust. It comes out of that fear. Now, I keep using the word fear because that's the way it's translated in English language. But it comes out of that reverence. But it's not just a reverence like I'm going to walk into a a Catholic church and be quiet, not chew gum because I'm reverent. It's not that it's the reverence of being in the presence of something far greater than you. Okay. I probably beat the dead horse too much. Just one other thing. I mean, I remember years ago being on a cruise, my wife and I were on a cruise and you know, it's dark. You're in the middle of the ocean going somewhere and just standing outside. And the only thing between you and this very dark, vast ocean is this rail on this this cruise liner? This this rail, and anybody could just hop over that rail and jump over at any point. And I remember thinking, you know, if someone fell over, or they jumped over. This 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 ship can't just stop and turn around. You know, I mean, it has to. It's going to take some time to stop and get boats out there. Looking at that dark, deep ocean water gave me a fear. Now, it didn't give me a phobia. I didn't run back into my cabin and hide. I didn't get anxious. I didn't get troubled heart, but I had a reverence for that deep, dark ocean and not wanting to fall into it. You understand? I can, I can stand out there in the night, look at it and admire it and go, wow, that's a lot more powerful than me. A whole lot more powerful than me. I don't want to take that on but I'm in awe of it. That's what I'm talking about. Ah, there, I think I got it out. I think I make sense. So why, why this scripture is awesome? I'm gonna tell you where. We're gonna go into Leviticus, and before you, before you close your eyes and go back to sleep, I want you to listen to me. You know, we, we <laughs> my wife's the only one who actually enjoys the book of Leviticus. She reads that book and she, she gets it and she loves making the ties into that. And oh, but she actually enjoys it. I tell you what, I, you know, it's, it's hard to get through because it's all the law, you know, it's all the do this, do and do that, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's heavy, right? A lot of stuff in there. And, um, but, what I want to do, I want to give you several scriptures of why these scriptures are awesome in Leviticus, because they all have to do with the fear of the Lord in relation to the commands of God. So the point I'm trying to make here is that the fear of God is something, I mean, it goes, goes, goes way back into Genesis. Uh, it goes way back into Genesis with, with Abraham fearing God. Uh, it goes back up with Joseph says, I fear God. You know, you met one thing for evil, but God made it for good. I mean, it goes... It is a principle from Adam and Eve, the fear of the Lord. It is a principle 
that is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It will never go away. So as for us living in the year 2021, to understand, to grasp the awesomeness of God and to reverence him in a fearful reverence, that's the best thing we can do for our lives. The best thing we can do. You know, last year I went through some crazy stuff where I fell on my face. I, I passed out and I fell on my face. I cracked my face. And I, you know, I, some of you have heard the story and I was outside in 110 degree weather begging God to kill me because the nerves in my, my tooth, my side of my face were dying. That's what I was told they were dying. And it was the worst pain I've ever experienced. I was on, uh, I was supposed to take a coding every 12 hours. I had taken three of them. I'm surprised I didn't overdose and nothing would deal with the pain. And I was begging God to kill me. And I just had this, this fight with God and Satan and you know, the attempt to curse God and die, that kind of a thing. Some of you have heard this story, you know, and when I went through that, I remember after, after I'd gone through that, I, I told my, my wife, um, I go, um, and part of my language here, I, I was talking about God. I says, he scares the hell out of me, <laughs> which is really good because he should scare the hell out of you because you don't want to go to hell. You don't want to go to eternal damnation. You don't want to receive what you deserve. You don't want the justice of God coming on you uh, because that's going to be the wrath of God. You don't want his justice. You want his mercy. So, I mean, there was a real fear and I still have that real fear. You, you, I have that real respect. He's my sovereign and I don't want to cross that line. See, um, and it's not about works, do's and don'ts. It's about attitude. It's about your heart where your heart is. That's where your treasure is. Okay. So let's go to Leviticus. All right. Cause I'm starting to preach. Let's go to Leviticus. And I want to, uh, start with Leviticus 19. Um, uh, no, you know what? Let's start with, uh, let's start with Exodus first, you know, with Moses, then we'll get Leviticus, the law, Exodus 18, 20 and, um, or 21, I should say what, what's happening is Moses is to select some people to help him out. But here's what I want you to catch the kind of people verse 21 says, moreover, thou shalt provide out of all the people, able men. Now check this out, such as fear God, yada, God reverence, God who are afraid of Elohim men of truth. So if you fear God, fear of God. One of the outcomes of that is truth. Remember last week I talked about the spirit of truth. When Christ says, don't let your heart be agitated because I'm going, but I'm sending you to comfort. He's the, the spirit of truth, right? So in the old Testament, you have this, that if you fear God, right, that you get the spirit of truth, men of truth. And guess what? They hate covetousness. And remember that. And the week before when I was talking about Christ and that the, the, the guy that came to him, the kid that came to him said, hey, will you judge between me and my brother? He won't give me my money. And Christ was dealing with the covetousness. And he says, these people of the world worry about all this stuff. How much money are they going to get? Do I got this? I got that. I need a bigger house. Right? Their covetousness and greed. And Christ, he went and he talked about all the lilies and the nature and stuff. He said, they don't have to worry about none of that stuff. Neither do you fear not because God will give you all these things. He knows you, what you need. Plus he wants to give you the kingdom because he loves you. Right? So here in the old Testament, you have fearing God, men of truth. They have a spirit of truth. They hate covetousness. And guess what? God tells Moses to place those guys to be rulers 
over the thousands and the hundreds and the fifties and the rulers of tens. How many of your mega church celebrity pastors fit this bill? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. How many airplanes do I need? How many mansions do I need? Right? Covetousness. They wouldn't, they wouldn't last two minutes and <laughs> you know, and, and the law. They won't last two minutes on judgment day either, by the way. So anyway, my point is such that fear God. It is a biblical principle. Out of that becomes truth, lack of covetousness, and and and, and those are the people you want to be placed over other people, right? That's God's criteria. Recently, spiritual attacks on innocent people have increased considerably. This is partly due to society's transformation into a satanic cult. Most people are clueless or hopeless in combating this spiritual mayhem. We wish to offer two good books to overcome these attacks. First, Demons in My Marriage Bed, a true story of spiritual warfare offers one of the most effective training systems in combating spiritual darkness in order to gain personal freedom. Second. Eyes to See Unseen Enemies teaches how to see the hidden dangers which are all around us, even in places we would least expect them. Both books can be purchased on Amazon.com as a paperback or ebook. It is our desire that you will take advantage of these opportunities to increase your effectiveness in spiritual warfare and learn how to fight back instead of being a victim. We'll see you on the battlefield. Okay, let's go to Leviticus 19, verse 14. And we're going to look at some laws here, but we're not going to look at the law it's itself because that's what we always concentrate on the law. What we're going to look for is the words, fear thy God, fear thy Elohim or fear thy Yahweh, the Elohim. It's worded that way. God is, Yahweh is their Elohim. Yahweh is our God. I, I, like Just like if I said, God is my deity. That's how it's used. So verse 14, the law is about cursing the death. Okay. Thou shalt not curse the deaf, nor put a stumbling block before the blind, but shall fear thy God. I am the Lord or I am the Yahweh. Okay. So you read that law and go, wow, you know, these people were actually um, cursing uh, uh, other people that can't hear them. And they were actually looking at a blind guy and, and going, hey, let's let's put a, a bale of hay and watch him trip. You know, what kind of idiots are they? It's three stooges, right? Well, they're not literally doing this. Okay, that shall not curse the deaf. The deaf could be, it's, it's literally or spiritually, right? So if somebody is spiritually deaf, they can't hear it, you don't go cursing them. You know, what you're trying to do is you ha- you're the representative of God because you fear God and his kingdom. So your, your, your job is to be part of God's kingdom, but you don't go be cursing those who can't spiritually hear, right? Because you couldn't spiritually hear either until God opened up your ears till God called you and you heard that calling. You couldn't hear either. It says, nor put a stumbling block before the blind. It's the same thing. The blind could be physical, but can also be spiritual, Right. You know, people that are blind to the things of God, what what would be a stumbling block? What would be a stumbling block that you might put in front of them? Uh, an offense, um, an idol, uh, something that they would go, if this is Christianity, if this is God fearing, I don't want nothing to do with it. Right. If if uh, this is Christianity and all these guys do is beg for money 
and try to collect airplanes. I don't want nothing to do with it. I mean, that's just one example. Or it could be your example at work. You know, people want to be part of that kingdom. Or do at least they respect you for being a part of that kingdom. Or they want, yeah, I want nothing to do with that. Okay, so it says, don't, don't do that. But the thing I want to concentrate on, but thou shalt fear, yade, thy Elohim. I am the Yahweh. All right. So not only is so the laws are a bunch of thou shalt nots, but what we're we're not catching is the positive aspect of this. But you shall fear God. If you fear the God, if you fear God, you're not going to be cursing the death or putting stumbling blocks in front of people. Your life will will show that. Leviticus nineteen thirty two. How about this one? Uh, I can relate to this one. Thou shalt rise up before the hoary head. <laughs> so the hoary head is an old man. It's gray. Hoary just, it's gray hair on your head. Rise up. In other words, show her some respect, right? Show some respect. Uh, rise up before the, the old man, the hoary head, and honor, honor the face of the old man. Uh, the word there, it means aged or ancient man and a senator, an elder, somebody in the camp of Israel who was older, who was a little wiser, been around longer. And then it says, and fear, yare, thy Elohim. I am the Yahweh. Same language. So in these laws, thou shalt rise up before the hoary head, honor the face of the old man. In other words, don't be a disrespectful arse. Why, why are you doing that? Why are you being such a punk to those people, those to your brethren? Okay, you got to remember, this is, the, this is Israel in the wilderness with Moses getting taught the law of God. So, you know, they're not, they're not applying this stuff to the Canaanites. Your brethren, you're, you're, you're right? Why, why are you disrespecting him? Because you need to fear God. I am the Lord. All right. So with, with these, with these negative commands, thou shalt not are also the, the, the positive commands as you shall fear thy God. I am the Lord. They go hand in hand. Very interesting. Leviticus 25, 17 says, ye shall not therefore oppress one another. But shalt fear thy God, for I am the Lord your God. You shall not oppress. That means to rage or be violent, to suppress or mistreat, to vex or do violence towards one another. You're talking about your brethren. You're talking about the people that you call, you know, your church, the Christ church, people that are involved in Christianity. Boy, we could be the most vicious ones against each other ever. Man, you know, I've been attacked just for stuff I've said. Oh, my gosh. Man, my book has been attacked. Demons demons, uh, in, in my marriage bed. Uh, I advertise it on this show. Demons in my marriage bed. Boy, I mean, I got, you know, good reviews. But I, I've had people just blast me, man. Or, you know, even to this day, um, uh, somebody will find out about the book. And they'll find out that I had an affair on my wife, you know, 15 years ago or something. And that's how God brought me out of that darkness. It was a thing that was really, it, it, it was used for good ultimately for both of us, but it was a very dark period of my life. I will have people because 
I had an affair with my wife 15 years ago still hold that against me, you know. <laughs> you know, once a cheater, always a cheater is what they say. So that was 15 years ago. Now I'm an old man and I haven't cheated, uh, nor am I interested because I fear my Yahweh and I also love my wife. But what I'm telling you is you shall not oppress one another. You're talking about the kingdom of God, you know, for us, for us other Christians, we shouldn't be oppressing people, uh, vexing them, doing violence to our, towards them. And it says, you know, thou shalt not, but here's what you should do. But thou shalt fear, yade, respect, right? To revere, to very, to reverence that, that terribleness of that, of that water, right? On the, on the ship, you shall fear thy Elohim. He says, for I am the Yahweh, the self-existent or eternal name of God, right? Your Elohim. All right. A couple more here. Leviticus 25, 36. How about this one? Take thou no usury of him or increase, but fear thy God that thy brother may live with thee. What this is about is your brethren. Your brethren that are living with you, your Christian brethren or, you know, your neighbor or whatever says, take no ursery. Ursery is interest on a debt. All right. So you're going to say, well, that's what banks do. That's what we do. That's what, that's what we call a loan. You get interest on a debt. But here's the deal. It says, or increase. Now, the Hebrew word from increase is multiplication. It's a percentage or bonus that's in addition to principle but it's an unjust gain. What was happening is if they couldn't pay back the interest, they couldn't back back the loan, then they would throw these people into prison. It's called a debtor's prison. Christ talks about this in the New Testament. And in that debtor's prison, uh, they can't work to pay off the original loan or um, get the money to get out of prison. And so they're going to be there the rest of their lives. Debtor's prison is really bad. So Take no ushery of him or increase, right? In other words, just don't take advantage of people uh, to destroy them. And it says, instead, fear thy God that thy brother may live with thee. But fear thy God, thy Elohim, that thy brother, right? Your kindred may live. They can, they, they can live with you. You're not oppressing them, all right? A lot of application there. A lot of application uh, to that. Now let's look at one more Leviticus 25, 43. Thou shalt not rule, right? That means tread down or subjugate to crumble, to have dominion over, to reign over, bear down over. Thou shalt not rule over him with rigor. He's talking about slaves and your, your people that are indebted to you people that work for you with rigor, with cruelty, with harshness, with severity, but shall fear, shall yade, respect, be afraid of thy Elohim. Right? So it's an interesting little trip down (laughs) Leviticus lane, looking at the law but the positive side of the law of, of these, these hey, just a handful that I selected always ended up with, but fear God. Don't do this, but fear God. Don't do that, but fear God. Don't be a but, but fear God. 
don't hurt people, but fear God, you know? And so you see the teachings of Jesus over the last couple of weeks that I went over both in man, in, um, Luke and in John, you're talking about, you know, uh, you know, dealing with fear and anxiety in your heart being troubled. But the, 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 the other side of that was always trust God because he has a kingdom for you and it's his good pleasure to give you that kingdom. When Christ says, but trust God, have faith in God, but faith in God, he's saying, fear God, be reverent towards God, uh, trust him as your deity, as your sovereign, as your Elohim. And if you do that, you don't need to worry about all this other stuff. Your heart don't need to be agitated because truly as like Paul summed it up in Romans when he said, all things work for good to those who are the called according to God's purpose. He didn't say all things are good to the call. All things aren't good. There's sometimes that things are really, really bad. But at the end of the day, when it's all over and God pulls you through it, the good that came out of it supersedes the bad you went through. Now, you don't get that when you're going through the bad. You only get it when you're coming out. <laughs> That's just a fact. And Joseph, man, he's locked in prison. And his brothers threw him in that pit. And he's locked in prison. You know, Potter's wife lying on him. All kinds of stuff for years before God elevated him to a position where he could help uh, the nation of Israel survive and then flourish and he says in Genesis 50, what you meant for evil, God meant for good. All things work for good to them who are called. Even if you're going through crap right now and you don't see it, hang in there, trust in your Elohim, trust in your God, fear God, and it's going to be okay. Okay. So I keep going over this, this theme. Last night I woke up, you know, in the middle of the night and I, I had that, you know, that theme about, you know, trust God and, you know, all things work together for the good and. Uh, I had a little bit of fear, <laughs> a little bit of anxiety. I'll be honest with you, when I woke up with that on my mind, I thought, uh-oh, something's going to happen. What's going to happen that I'm going to need this scripture? <laughs> and um, so I, I had to say, oh, don't let your heart be troubled. You know, God has this. But you know, I, I started fearing the fact that I shouldn't be afraid because you keep telling me not to be afraid. Uh oh, something's coming that I'm going to have to be afraid of, right? So it's like that. So that's the human mind. That's my uh, fallen nature, you know, trying to come out and, you know, whatever, get me, uh, get me crazy. So you know, it's just something like I said. You don't allow your heart to get troubled. So uh, hopefully, you know, I and I do hope because I don't want to go through hell uh any more hell and, and back but hopefully the reason why this is on my mind is that i can share it with you and that it's going to help somebody listening and uh help help improve their lives better now so i hope i hope that's the case but if not i'll let you know and we'll go through it uh together and we can dissect it together all right so god bless and we'll uh, talk later bye bye